It's the Donna Sugar Show. Oh, yes. It's, it's everything. It's everything. It's high heel shoes. It's makeup. It's wigs. It's, it's video games. It's movies. It's, it's Dungeons and Dragons and World of Warcraft. It's, it's about me. The podcast is about me. You should know this. You downloaded the Donna Sugar Show. Yes. Oh, God. This voice. I, I sound like the author. Yes. Oh, I need a nap. Well, hello, darlings. This is Donna Sugars. Yes. And welcome to the Donna Sugars Show. Oh. I'm having some cooing difficulties. <laughs> Merry Christmas, everybody. Um, and for those of you who don't celebrate Christmas, happy holidays, everyone. Um, today is actually the day after Christmas. Uh, we've been having a good old time. Um, and I am um, <laughs> I- I'm recovering. Um, I'm not I'm starting to not feel so great. So I, I really hope I'm not coming down with something. Um, Christmas was crazy. So I'm not going to give you guys a full episode of all this craziness. Um, I'm going to just kind of talk about Christmas. Let's chat about some Christmas, chat about what I did uh, for Christmas for the theater. Um, And hopefully you guys will enjoy that and get into that. And then um, we will continue on with a little bit more of our lore into World of Warcraft, uh, just because we are getting to that point that we are so close to getting to the current game that I just really want to get there. Um, news-wise, there's been a thousand and one things going on, but it's Christmas. We're going to stray away from that and just stick with the Christmassy spirit. So for Christmas here in California, I get to spend that time with my family. Um, so me and my mother um, will will prepare what we need to prepare for the meal. Um, my brother, when we had gone to my brother's house, um, had uh, gotten a Marie Callender's Razzleberry pie, and I loved it. Now I'm not a raspberry, blackberry, I, but that something about that mixture of berries was delicious. Oh, it was so good. Uh, so I had to have one. And he told me that if you go to Marie Callender's, they have a no sugar added version. Now this is not sugar free because berries have their own natural sugars, but this is no additional sugar added. So I'm like, okay, okay, well, I'm going to have to do that. So uh, a few days ago, exactly uh, two days before Christmas, um, I decided I'm just going to go to Marie Callender's. They open at 11 o'clock. I'm going to get there at noon. Um, Let's do this. So I go and uh, the whole parking lot is blocked off. It's like, okay. Um, And I I should tell you that... um, before I left Marie Callender's, I called a woman a cunt. And yes, I just used the hard T, okay? Uh, I didn't, oh God. And uh, for those of you who don't like that word, I'm sorry. Uh, but um, I did it. I I called a woman a cunt. So I, I show up to Marie Callender's. The entire parking lot is blocked off. You have to park in the parking lot next door. Um, and then you have to walk through and there's people there like, oh, what are you here for? And then directing you to the right queue uh, uh, on where you, you'll need to go. So I said, oh, I'm here to get a pie. Oh, did you already order and pay for it online? Oh, no, no, I, I need to pay for it here. Okay, great. So he points me at the main pie line. Um, so I get into the main pie line. There's maybe six or seven people in front of me. 
no big deal. So up walks Karen. We'll just use that name since it seems to be a blanket term for bitches. Uh, so uh, if you're if your real name is actually Karen, honey, um, and you're so angry that all these bitches seem to be lumped into that category, I'm sorry, um, but it, 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 I'm sorry. I, I'm sure it's not you. I'm sure it's just them. So Karen comes up, sees the line, and immediately, I'm not waiting in this line. She walks up to the woman at the door who is is controlling the queue. And says, uh, I'm here to pick up my pies. Oh, okay. Well, did you already pay for them? Well, I called and they're, they're being held for me. Oh, okay, well, you need to get in this line. But but I called. They're being held for me. I don't need to wait in line. I was told to just come in. Well, um, no one here at Marie Callender's is holding pies for people. You need to come here and wait in line. She just refused to. Kept going back and forth, back and forth. And then finally... She said something and it got real quiet and I'm like, oh my God, cunt, just get in line. But I said it, you know, I said it in a whisper, but, um, you know, I don't know how to whisper nothing. You know that everything is a stage whisper. So that bitch heard and she looked and we were all looking at her cause we're all giving her the fucking stank eye. And then the bitch got in line. Now, uh, I give so much credit to the people of Marie Callender's who have to deal with this nonsense every holiday time. So I went in, and it was like, these are the pies I want. Okay, well, we're sold out of that one. Okay, well, then can I get this one instead? Could you tell me what the difference between the cream, the lemon cream cheese and the double cream lemon are? And she had said that the double cream lemon is more of like a, a icebox cake, kind of a, a coolie. It's a little sweeter, less lemony, where the uh, lemon cream cheese is a little bit more like a lemon tart. It has a little bit more tartness to the lemon. It's kind of like a cheesecake, if you will. A little bit more like a cheesecake than a tart. Uh, so I'm like, oh, I want the lemon cheese, the lemon cream cheese. Uh, and and the no sugar added razzleberry. The lemon one was a delight. Oh, God. Oh, I could. Oh, oh, we had it Christmas Eve. Um, uh, our friends had invited us over. It was just the five of us. Very nice dinner. Oh, so good, that pie. Um, let's get to Christmas Day. So I had that pie. Christmas Eve, my mother comes from the bakery, her favorite bakery. This is where she goes for carrot cake. And this it's, it's her favorite bakery in all of Riverside. So the bakery is called Creme de la Creme. Um, and she goes to the one on Van Buren up in Woodcrest. So for anyone who is from this area, there's some like definition. There's some there's where you're going. So she went in for Thanksgiving and they didn't have a full carrot cake. She had to buy slices and she's like, but I don't want slices. I want a whole cake. And they said, well, we're not doing whole cakes right now because of COVID. We're only doing slices. Um, she kept trying to talk to a manager about, like, trying to get a full cake. Like, well, then why can't you just give me a whole cake if I'm going to order them and if you need to charge them by slices? Um, and she's like, well, you have to ask my manager. This is what we're supposed to do. And really, the manager there, unfortunately, is putting more effort into the downtown location than this location. And my mother was, like, just having a tough time. So when she finally got to talk to the manager, she's just like, this is what I would like. I don't understand. I've been coming to you guys' bakery for years. 
Um, I, I realize that you guys are changing the way you have things set up because of COVID, but if I'm placing an order, why can't you do orders the same way when people are paying in advance? Uh, she said, oh, yeah, that's not a problem. So she's like, she said, yeah, you can place an order and we can make anything you want. So she got her carrot cake and then she they didn't have Yule logs, which I I don't know what a Yule log is. I had to Google it. It's like a chocolate cream roll like a big swiss roll and um she ended up getting a chocolate cake and i'm like okay so we've got plenty of desserts then okay, <laughs> here's the dessert apocalypse then she makes three pies oh i'm sorry four pies apple pie pumpkin pie sweet potato pie the only reason she made a sweet potato pie is because her boyfriend wanted a sweet potato pie <sighs> And he couldn't eat ap pumpkin for some reason. And a cranberry cherry pie, which is so delicious. Uh, so four pies, plus the pie that I bought for Christmas Day, the razzleberry, no sugar added, plus her carrot cake, plus the chocolate cake. Then we had uh, a cousin. Um, we had We had six people come over. My mom's best friend, who all their all her family lives, um, states away, uh, uh, Pennsylvania. Um, the other one doesn't talk to her, uh, so lives far away, and uh, so she has nowhere to go. She comes, um, and then uh, my cousin, uh, who, who lives in a senior living uh, uh, facility, um, comes. So it, roughly there were six people there, uh, and then the three of us who live in the home in the house. So her friend shows up with a carrot cake. It's like, why? Why would you show up with a homemade carrot cake when you know mom loves carrot cake from this place? She's going to buy it from there. So now we have another carrot cake. Then another carrot cake. When did carrot cake become the official cake of Christmas? Because then my cousin shows up with a carrot cake. We have three carrot cakes. This is the battle of the carrot cakes. And guess what? I can't eat any of them because I'm allergic to nuts. There is something quite fitting about a homosexual like myself being allergic to nuts. Enter joke here. But, um, so we had more than enough desserts. And then, of course, we, we made enough food to feed an army. Way more than we had people that were there. Uh, so, of course, no one wanted desserts because they were all so full from the food. I made my mac and cheese. Oh, I love my mac and cheese. Um, I always get crap from my mac and cheese, and I'm sure you all have your opinions, but I will tell you about my mac and cheese. So my mac and cheese doesn't use a roux as the binder. It uses Velveeta as a cheat binder. So you pretty much take some milk, you warm it up, you throw in some Velveeta cubes until it smooths out, and then you build the cheese on top of that. So I use, uh, and this is the recipe I found online. It's always been the best. Everyone loves it. Um, it's uh, Colby. It's sharp cheddar. It's Munster. And then this year I used a little bit of pepper jack because I wanted a little bit of a kick to it. I don't remember what the original one is and I can't find the recipe online anymore. So this kind of cheap mac and cheese. Um, and then instead of doing breadcrumbs or more cheese on top, which is what the recipe said. And I'm like, no, the cheese is going to separate if you put more cheese on top. No, um, I did 
crushed Cheez-Its and I've been doing it for years and it's, oh, it's so good um, and people love it. So everyone loves bag cheese. It's very rich. It's very decadent. Everyone's always like, Munster doesn't have a lot of flavor. Yes, but cheddar. So cheddar is very sharp. Colby is right in the middle and it helps to mellow out the cheddar. And the Munster is very creamy. It's very creamy. It doesn't have a lot of taste to it, but we've got plenty of taste coming from the, the sharp cheddar. So the cheeses work well together. I will say that I think that it's delightful. So a mountain of desserts. I... <laughs> So much ham left over. So much turkey. Oh, God, we did something different with the ham. So we forgot to put the ham in. We're all having a day. We're all, it's a day. Uh, we all forget, we, me and mom forget to put the ham in. So she pulls out the crock pot and she has one of those triple crock pots for parties. And she's like, okay, what are we going to do? I don't have room in the oven right now with the turkey. Uh, so I'm like, we'll throw it in the crock pot. We've got three hours until we eat. It'll be fine. So we disassemble the ham, um, keeping the bone, because we're going to make some black beans later. Ooh, yes. Uh, or some red beans. Anything where you just throw a ham hock in. My mother doesn't eat pork, but she'll eat that. Uh, it's delicious. Um, never throw the bone away, darlings. Always save it for making beans. Oh, so good. Uh, so we threw, we disassembled the ham. We threw the meat in. And then we're like, shit, what do we got? Okay, we had some brown sugar. Okay, that's always a good staple. We had some Dijon mustard. Always a good staple. My mother had plum jam. <sighs> plum jam. Oh, it's so good. I was like, what is this in the mason jar? In the, um, the mason jar? She's like, oh, that's plum jam someone had made for me. I'm like, oh, we're putting that in the ham. And she's like, yes. Uh, we both had this moment going, will that work? And then we opened up the fridge and I'm like, mom, where did this peach prosecco come from? Because I didn't drink peach prosecco. It's like, oh well, yeah, yeah. Me and um, um, her boyfriend uh, had some of that last night after I went to bed. Uh, uh after we had gone to uh, our friend's house uh, for dinner, and I'm like, I'm throwing this in with it too. And she's like, what? And it was amazing. Oh, God, the ham was so good. It needed a little bit more mustard. It was a little on the sweeter side, but it made this delicious glaze. So last-minute ham was amazing. Oh, God, it was so good. Um, I think it went well. I think, the, the, I mean, obviously the meal went well. Um, I Christmas, I got my nephew a winter coat because he's supposed to go visit his parents in Philadelphia. Um, he's never had it a winter coat, but he's a Southern California boy. He didn't need one. Um, so I can't wait for him to get to use it. And it fit. I was just, I was worried about sizing. Um, I got, <laughs> I got these Nerf. They're not Nerf guns. It's, I guess, some Walmart brand of Nerf for my two, for my younger two nephews. And I bought them 200 bullets. So, because they keep saying that they keep running out of bullets. And I'm like, I'm just gonna buy you a bunch of bullets. Uh, so... Got them that. They're so excited for that. They're going to have fun with that. My mother gets them lots of cars. They love cars. Uh, monster trucks and, and little Hot Wheels. They love that all. So, so excited for that. And uh, my sister-in-law really just wanted, like, kitchen organizing stuff. And I'm like, anything you want. <laughs> so, uh, very happy. Um, I think everyone really got what they wanted. I was happy. So, I was super shocked at what I got because I had shared my Amazon wish list with my brother who was then going to share it with my mother because that's how it works. 
Um, you never share your list directly with the person. Like you, like I give my list to Justin. Justin shares it with mom and dad. That was how it was growing up, and vice versa. He would give me his list. I would share that. That's how we all got what we wanted. My mother had no qualms about it. She literally just handed you a list. Like this is what I want. Don't get me something that's not on the list. She got everything on her list. Um, <laughs> we got her everything on her list this year. Um, because she's very practical. She's like, she's like, I really would need a new house coat. I'm pouring a beverage. And you can hear all of that, can't you? Hear the pour. Oh, God. Such great audio. So uh, she um, she wanted a new house coat and some new tank tops. Uh, just really, and some socks. Uh, what else did she want? Very simple things. Phone charger and then um, she wanted some uh, diamond, uh, not diamond, uh, she wanted some gold earrings, some simple gold hoops, tiny ones, not like gigantic hoops, dainty hoops, just little cusps for the ear. Um, and it has to be a 14 karat gold or better uh, because of um, she has an allergy to gold and she doesn't react well to cheap gold. I don't respond to cheap things either. So I, I understand Except for I do love a costume jewelry. Oh, I love a costume jewelry. Oh, it's so good. So when my brother arrives and it's time for family gifts, my little nephew, who is, is so young, so tiny, like baby Noah, hands me an animal, stuffed animal. I love animal from the Muppets. He's so adorable. And I'm like, do you know who that is? And he had no idea. He literally had this beautiful toy and didn't know who it was. What are my brother teaching him that he doesn't know who Animal is? I love Animal. Um, so I, I start opening up these boxes from my brother and my brother and sister-in-law went hog wild. Oh, God. Hold on. I'm, I mean, let me grab the box. I'm like, Justin, why did you buy so much stuff from my Amazon wish list? Like, this is crazy. This is like way more than I spent on you. And he's like... Well, you weren't here last Christmas, and um, we missed your birthday. So they just went crazy. I got a new pair of shears, uh, a haircutting shears, and a heat gun because I was gonna start. I think I'm gonna take up making cosplay. Oh God! I got socks, and I got one of those silicone faces that you can put makeup on, like a makeup, uh, like a. It's literally a head. Um, oh God. And I got some, oh, and I got some makeup and some brushes, some good backcombing brushes. And I got two books, which I'm super excited about. One of them, um, is Before the Storm by Christy Golden. This is the pre, um, this is the book before, um, this is the lead up to Battle for Azeroth. And then the other one is called Exploring Azeroth. And this one is really, I mean, it's like a kid's book, but it's really giving you like histories of different cities and places and it's a, it's a very simple read and I think it's meant for younger kids but I think it's a delight and I think the artwork in it is really really cool so I was like over like overwhelmed by the sheer amount of stuff that I'm just it's it's so <laughs> um, it was really really a good Christmas so um other than that I think everything went really well um today has been kind of a lazy day today was just I mean um, I had nothing going on, so it, I plan on just playing World of Warcraft <laughs> like I do, um, and I was going to um, just enjoy the shit ton of leftovers there are 
um, and and just enjoy it while I can. Uh, so, darlings, um, let's get right into some lore. I know that I just spent 20 minutes talking about Christmas. I hope you all had a wonderful Christmas. Oh, oh, I gotta talk about, oh, oh, I'm having a moment. So, for Theater in the Mist, um, for their show, we ended up doing a Christmas radio show. I know I've talked about it maybe a little bit in the past, so this show was super fun because it was Mrs. Claus comes to her local radio station and she takes over and she wants to do a special show for Santa and she broadcasts, instead of just to the North Pole and to the elves, she broadcasts to the world giving out her phone number and saying, call in and tell me your favorite Christmas story. So we had all of these amazing actors from our theater uh, that wanted to participate, that put together. They came in with different things, um, including like they did um, commercials that were very elf-centric commercials, and then they did uh, stories. Um, oh, I, you know what? I think that I can play for one. Now, I love mine. Because I did something called North Starbucks, and I created this insane drink that's just sugar. It's just a sugar coma for elves. Um, but I there was an even better one. Hold on. I'm going to pause this while I pull it up. So this was actually done by Cam and Corey, uh, uh, our, our darling friends of the show, um, who did a dating app uh, for the North Pole. So let's listen to Mistletoe. <laughs> We all know that making connections can be difficult. Oh well, another Friday night watching Christmas movies all by myself. Don't spend another Christmas without a holiday. I downloaded the Mistletoe app and I'm going Christmas tree shopping and ice skating with an adorable toy engineer. Anything can happen with some Christmas magic and our intricate algorithm that compares sugar levels, syrup types, and 57 other variables to help you find the perfect partner to make out under the mistletoe. If I didn't have mistletoe, I'd still be watching Christmas movies instead of living one. Find your perfect holiday. Download mistletoe today. <laughs> Isn't it adorable? It's just so cute. Um, he also did one for uh, uh, insurance. Oh, God. Can I find the insurance one? The insurance one's so good. Oh, it's right here. It's right here. This one's really good, too. Hey. Yeah. I just switched to Elfco and got more. More savings on your sleigh insurance? They helped me with stocking coverage, too. Even covers moth damage. Okay. Plus, they have gingerbread homeowners insurance, blizzard coverage, and snow day savings accounts. Elfco's got you covered. Like a fuzzy wuzzy blanket. Elfco gives you more. Get a quote today. Call 1-800-YO-ELFCO. <laughs> so, it was those kinds of fake ads... Um, there was this really amazing actor who who wanted to participate. And I don't think he's done a show with us before. And he gave us these two great things. They're both really long, so I won't play them. One of them was this amazing ad for, it was like a master class. But it's a master class from this kind of no, like you don't know who he is kind of actor who's just a big name actor. Um, and he's trying to do these classes to teach parents stuck in homes quarantined with their kids how to be better at playing and using your imagination so and then he does all these impersonations which are great um and then he did the greatest thing which is grinch 2020 and it's the story is how the grinch 
did not steal Christmas. And it is entirely done in that rhyming style that Dr. Seuss does. And it's brilliant. Um, a little political and I'm always weird about, I don't want to like, when it comes to the theater, I don't like to step on that political uh, uh, foot, but it was so good. So uh, you guys have got to go check it out it, unless you don't want to, and then you don't have to. Um, I think it, it's, it's such a cute, fun show. And I, I, I had <laughs> a lot of fun uh, editing it all together. Um, so it's actually theater in the mist. So if you go and Podbean, anywhere where you can find podcasts, anywhere you can find my show, I have made sure that the theater in the mist show is there. Um, the, the, the show is called mist cast. Um, it's, it's miscast podcast. Uh, and this episode was called theater in the mist Christmas radio show. Um, and it's like gotten really good responses. I'm really happy about it. So check it out. It's a fun, um, it's a little over an hour, of just kind of this fun radio show. Um, I am not the host like I was for Campfire Tales. I was not the primary voice, thank God. Uh, I actually um, just took a step back because I was here in California, and uh, Sarah Comfort, who is a brilliant uh, uh, improv actress, came in as Mrs. Claus and just hit it out of the park so super good check it out it's super great i would love for you guys if you guys like uh, my podcast um i am going to be the host of that podcast over there i'll be interviewing people it's gonna be a lot of fun so darlings other than that christmas week has been just prepping for christmas and now recovering from christmas i kind of feel like crap today i don't know what's going on um, so I'm just going to kind of relax and enjoy the day. And let's talk a little bit about World of Warcraft because I have been living in it. It's everything. Oh, God, it's so good. She's probably playing WoW or something. <laughs> Job's done. Me not that kind of orc. Okay, darling. So we last left off with the fall of Dalaran. Dalaran falls when Kel'Thuzad brings Archimond and the Burning Legion to Azeroth with the goal of destroying the World Tree Nordrasil, located dun, 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 on the continent of Kalimdor. So, the orcs and the humans under Jaina have heard Medivh's request and are fleeing to Kalimdor. The Horde is scattered while sailing, because as you know, orcs are terrible at sailing. Um, and they meet up with a tribe of dark spear trolls that, um, once they aided, were willing to help them escape to Kalimdor um, and help them. Trolls are much better on the, ocean, on the open waves here. So, uh, Gromash Hellscream, chieftain of the prominent Warsong clan, landed before everyone else. And instead of going to regroup with Thrall, he runs into Jaina and her soldiers and begins to battle. Now, he let the bloodlust take over. Um, he ignored all instructions from Thrall not to engage any of the Alliance forces. We're trying to escape to have a new life. He ignores that. He lets the bloodlust take over. He fights. When he's found out, um, Thrall is pissed sends him into the massive forest of Ashenvale and tells him, cut down some trees, we're going to need the lumber for the new camp, okay? Get the fuck away. Like, really, it's it's one of those moments that you're like, can you not fu stop fighting for five fucking seconds? Like, our people are destroyed, we need to rebuild them, and you're over here fucking starting new shit already. So, it was a good choice. It has some consequences, but 
Thrall was doing what he thought was best. He continues to try to find all of the a horde that had been scattered and are sailing into Kelimdor wherever they can find land. And it is then that Thrall and the Horde meet the Tauren. The Tauren are probably the best race on Azeroth. For me, they're one of my favorites. The Tauren are a nomadic, a very Native American uh, uh there's a lot of comparisons between Native American and the Tauren. The Tauren are nomadic people um, that they look like upright bulls. Think of a Minotaur in your mind, and that's very similar to what a Tauren is. They have huge bodies, strong and powerful warriors, but they also have a connection to the Earth Mother and to the the Earth around them. They They live in harmony with the Earth. They are being constantly attacked by their great enemy, the centaurs, which are exactly what they sound like. They're centaurs. They're half man and half horse. Uh, so uh, when Thrall and the Horde help repel the invading centaur forces, uh, Cairn Bloodhoof, the leader, the, the old and wizened Tauren leader, says, There is an oracle on the top of the Stone Talon Mountains. If you go to that oracle, he will be able to aid the Horde in their journey. So, Thrall and Jaina uh, decide to go together, uh, and they go up, they get to the oracle. Guess who the oracle is? I bet you guys can all guess. It's Medivh. Medivh, this motherfucker's been pulling strings for years. And he says... There is a great conflict, a powerful enemy that will be attacking Kalimdor soon. The Horde and the Alliance need to join forces if you are to survive. And now you know, now you really get to, to understand Medivh. He's a piece of shit. He knew what Archimonde was after. He had this vision of the, the burning of the tree, um, the world tree, and he knew that he needed to do something about it. So he pretty much tricked everyone saying, hey, if you want to survive, go to Kalimdor. When really it's like, hey, I need an army. Can you guys all go to Kalimdor? So yeah, don't tell them what they need to know until they're already there. Really? Really, bitch? So now we have this moment. Grom Hellscream and his clan is collecting lumber. Now, when they're doing this, they piss off a race called the Night Elves. Now, the Night Elves are a long-lived race of elves that are immortal, um, that have been living in these forests for eons. They're one of the longest-lived and most ancient cultures on Azeroth. They are almost entirely immortal. They study magic, um, but the Night Elves are currently very much, uh, uh, their society is very much centered around druidism, uh, which is kind of this connection with nature. They love the forest. So seeing orcs cutting down their trees in their forest is like the gravest offense that they could possibly do. Like, it's pretty fucked up. I mean, and let's be fair. If someone walked into your backyard and started cutting down a tree in your backyard... And you don't know who the fuck they are. Wouldn't you be pissed too? I'd be pissed. Like, bitch, this is my house. Except for me, except for it's an entire forest. But you you still get the idea. So they uh 
begin attacking the orcs. And they had the help of their demigod, Cenarius. Cenarius is one of the wild gods. These, these gods of nature and the forest. Um, and he has always been um, a strong component uh, with the Night Elf society. He's actually the ones who taught Night Elves how to be druids. Uh, how to be druids, which are these shape-shifting kind of priests in a certain way. Uh, druids are, are kind of like a, a natural magic, and they can commune with the forest and animals, and, and some of them can even transform themselves into animals. So the orcs know that there's no way they can kill Cenarius by any conventional means. And they saw... Uh, now, Cenarius sees orcs as demon spawn. I mean, because he looks at these green skin orcs and it's like, these are obviously from demons. These are this, these are the same demons from the Burning Legion who had come to Azeroth centuries before and that we had fought off. These are just further, these are just a new threat of the new Burning Legion. So Cenarius wasn't fucking around. He's like, we're going to kill all of these fucking green little bastards. So the orcs are like, well, fuck, what do we do? So they found this mysterious fountain. And if they drank the waters, it would empower them. What they didn't know is that this shit was set up. The Pit Lord Manoroth, one of the demons of the Burning Legion, had tainted this fountain with his own blood. And upon drinking the waters of the fountain, the orcs of the Warsong clan were now back under control of the Burning Legion. They now became fell orcs. This is what happened during the First War. They took this gift, they let themselves be under control, made into a frenzy, and used as a weapon of the Burning Legion. And this clan was once again under demon control. Now, Thrall and Jaina are like, well, fuck, they're under control again? Can the orcs stop going under demon control, please? Uh, so Thrall with Jaina. Jaina had crafted a magical item called a soul gem that would allow them to capture Grom's skull. Uh, Grom Hellscream's soul and allow them to purify it. But they still had to deal with the entire Warsong clan that was now fortified with demons that were just waiting to ambush. Now, despite uh, his issues with killing his own people, Thrall was able to get to the center, capture Grom, and brought him back for a ritual of cleansing. Along with Thrall's shamans, Jaina and Jaina's priests and sorcerers, they managed to pull the demonic taint out of Grom, but Grom knew that the rest of his clan was still under Manoroth's thumb, and the only way that he would be able to free them was to challenge and defeat Manoroth. Now, this is no small feat. Um, uh, we talked about sizing. So I'm 6'5". So imagine an orc is my size and you're 5'2". So, I mean, look at the size difference. Like, orcs are significantly larger than humans. A pit lord is significantly larger than an orc. <laughs> pit lords are these monstrous. I'd like you right now, just, just take a second and go Google pit lord Manoroth. Exactly as it sounds, M-A-N-N-O-R-O-T-H. Manoroth is a massive demon that has, uh, like a centaur, has four legs, um, and then an upper torso and arms, and huge wings, which bitch can't fly because he's too, too big. I mean, he's monstrous. So they begin their fight. Thrall and Grom versus Manoroth. This shit is not going to end well because 
Manoroth's a fucking beast. Uh, so the battle happens. Thrall is defeated. He's he's he had his ass kicked, but Grom managed to deliver a killing blow, destroying Manoroth, freeing the orcs. But it came at the cost of his own life. And in that final moment, Grom redeemed himself for bringing them back into the Legion. So now you've got the death of Cenarius, the death of Manoroth, and right on their backs, here's Archimond, leading an invasion of Kalimdor, coming straight from Ashara, which is on the coast, heading straight to Ashenvale, in the heart of the Night Elf Forest, to the World Tree Nordrasil, which is exactly where he was planning to go from the very beginning. Now, let's, learn, let's talk a little bit about the Night Elves at this point. So the Night Elf Society had existed for eons. Um, they were one of the most powerful civilizations for the longest time. They had fought the Burning Legion in wars before, uh, where e their own queen, um, the queen that led all of Night Elf Society, when Night Elf Society was the greatest society ever, she had been easily corrupted by the Burning Legion and swayed over to their side and she actually opened the door to let them in the first time it was a brutal war that eventually ended with the night elves being victorious but it came at the destruction of the continent now realize azeroth was once a giant landmass, um, and then because of this war because of the burning legion because of the aftermath um, there was the great sundering in which the world broke apart and this landmass became various continents, Eastern Kingdoms, uh, Kalimdor, Northren, Pandaria, all the various places, the realms and lands that make up Azeroth. So the Night Elves at that point had really kind of secluded themselves, stuck to their forest, kept their society alive, but really stayed away from everyone else. So no one even really knew who the fuck the Night Elves were. So here you have the Night Elves. Now, they see that the Burning Legion has returned. They're like, well, fuck, they're back again. I, like, and they're, because they're immortal, they literally remember the last war. Because they were alive when it happened, centuries before. So Tyrande, the Tyrande Whisperwind, which is the head of the Night Elf Society, leads her sentinels into the trees. Now her sentinels are these badass warrior women who have these three-bladed throwing scythes that can fucking, they can throw with accuracy and can chop off the head of an orc from fucking on top of a tree, okay? Like, they'll be up in a tree and they'll throw this blade and they'll chop off a head. Amazing. Warrior women. Very Xena-esque. Um, so, she sends her sentinels into the trees, fleeing waves of undead that had destroyed some of the orc in the human camps. And as they fled, they were cornered by one of the dreadlords and Archimond. Taronda believed that with the defiler, which is Archimond's return, the only way to defeat the Burning Legion was to use the forces of old, the sleeping druids, and their leader, Malfurion Stormrage, who was her. It's her boo, okay? It, it, it's her boo. Make a little heart with your hands. Um, so she's going to have to wake up her her daddy uh, from his long sleep, uh, and they're going to need the help of the Druids of the Talon and the Druids of the Claw. Now, let me explain why they're sleeping. So Druids have a connection with something called the Emerald Dream, and the Emerald Dream 
is a kind of sub-realm that makes up the life force of Azeroth. It is a place where the druids go to and it is from there that nature exists. So the Emerald Dream, this place of magic, um, is kind of, it's called the Dream Realm, the Land of Dreams. Um, it is where the dragon aspect is Sarah um, makes her home. Uh, the dragon aspect of Sarah is actually uh, sisters to Alex Straza, who was the red dragon from the Second War. Um, whole other thing, girl, we're not even going to get into that. But this is the Emerald Dream, this magical place. Now, druids spend so much of their time there. Because, because elves are immortal, these druids had been there for 10,000 years. They had locked themselves away doing their great work in the Emerald Forest, uh, the Emerald Dream, um, had kept themselves away. She knew she needed them. So she wakes up her old boo, says, Hey, hon, um, Burning Legion's back. We need your help. And proceed to try to wake up the Talons, the Druids of the Talons, the Druids of the Claw. Now, while um, she was on this quest, she discovers the prison to Malfurion's brother, Illidan Stormrage. Now, Illidan was a former druid who turned away from the druidic order and turned to magic. And he'd been imprisoned for a very good fucking reason. Ultimately, let me tell you about a little bit about Illidan. Because honestly, girl, we could spend a whole episode going into Illidan. He's amazing and he's sexy. And uh, you are not prepared, girl. Um, so Illidan is one of those people who will burn down the house to kill a spider kind of things. Um, he will do whatever he needs to to protect his people. To the extent that he in, he literally put demon essence into himself, taking on some of the demon's own powers to become the first demon hunter. Sargeras himself burned out Illidan's eyes, but Illidan, with this demonic essence in him, is able to still see demons, even blinded. Motherfucker is still in charge. So when I talked about this giant Pangean continent, at the center of that continent was a magical well of eternity. This is where the Night Elves got their power from. And Queen Ashara, who was the queen of the Night Elves, when she let the Burning Legion in the first time, they tried to corrupt this well. Now, to end that war and to keep the Burning Legion away, they literally destroyed the Well of Eternity, which caused the Sundering and caused the world to break up. Now, Illidan had taken a few vials of the waters of the Well of Eternity. He went up to the peak of Mount Hyjal in the middle of the Ashenville Forest where Nordrasil is, and he poured the water into this little lake in the middle of this tree and created a new Well of Eternity. Now, his brother Malfurion and Taronda and the rest of uh, Calderai leadership discovers this and are horrified that he would so tank this natural place. But he said, guys, this needs to be done. This magic will be needed if the Burning Legion ever comes back. Like, motherfucker will do whatever he needs to to survive. So for this, he was imprisoned. He was locked away. The Wardens, this uh, group of uh, Night Elf Society, said that they would watch over his imprisonment. Now, for someone who's fucking immortal, like, being imprisoned forever, that sucks. So, let's get back to modern day. Taronda finds the prison. 
and she believes that Illidan, known as the Betrayer, could help them in their battle against the Burning Legion. Like, this is what this motherfucker does, okay? He's an OG. Orig uh, yeah, OG, original gangster. So Malfurion is like, oh girl, this is not a good idea. But he's got to go wake up his brothers and sisters who are the druids. So she goes and she's like, I'm going to free Illidan. You take care of your friends. Now, these druids had spent 10 millennia in caves in the Emerald Dream. They got a little, how do I say this? A little feral. So Sonar, uh, uh, Malfurion uses an artifact called the Horn of Cenarius to free them of their madness. And now... The druids of the Talon and the Claw are ready to fight against the Burning Legion again. Like, literally, wake up from a long power nap to be told, oh, hey, uh, you know that war that you were fighting before? Well, guess what? It's back. Uh, we gotta fight him again. I'd be pissed. I would turn into a bear and start ripping people's fucking throats out myself. So, here's this moment. Taronda is fighting the, warren, the, uh, the wardens that guard Illidan eventually is able to free Illidan, and Illidan just wants to prove himself. So he takes a small group of night elf uh, uh, soldiers and go into the Fellwood to try to uh, uh, kind of go face-to-face -face with the undead hordes that are making their way across their forest. It is there that he meets Arthas, the Death Knight Arthas, and the two of them are pretty evenly matched. But Arthas let something slip, that the reason why he was there is because he wanted a powerful artifact called the Skull of Gul'dan. Motherfucker, this is the same Gul'dan that we've talked about for the last two fucking wars. When he was destroyed, uh, when he went to the tomb of Sargeras and his body was destroyed, his skull still had an immense amount of power. Now, Arthas let this slip on purpose. It was a trap. It was really... To get Illidan to go after it. And Illidan definitely took the fucking bait. He went, he found the Skull of Gul'dan, and he took that power into himself, making him even more powerful and more able to protect the world. But it came literally at the extent of, he has wings now. He literally looks like a demon. He's a night elf, but he's slowly taking this demon essence inside of himself so that he can fight the Burning Legion. With this power, he was able to slay the leader of the Dreadlords, Tychondrius, and help seal the Legion's defeat. When Malfurion and Tyrande found out that the new demon night elf, Illidan, uh, what he had done, Malfurion banished Illidan for his demonic corruption. He claimed that he was no brother of his, and the very resentful Illidan tore his way through the dead trees and was not heard of until the coming of the Naga. Girl, that's a whole other thing. We'll talk about that later. So, even though a large part of the the army was defeated, this is just the undead army side, girl. Now you got the demon army side. So we're going to leave it here. I went real deep into this, girls. So I was real deep in the woods here. Like, literally deep in the woods. Uh, we're going to go ahead and next episode, we are going to finish the third war. And then we can start talking about the World of Warcraft, which is the game that I am currently playing. And it's many expansions. And we can talk about the different races. I can't wait to get you guys caught up so that you guys can understand the joy that I get every time I get to play. Uh, a special thank you to WoW. Uh, um, it's Gamepedia.com. Uh, Wowpedia is this amazing resource for lore that uh, this is really done 
by people who are fans of the series. So please check them out. I love them so much. Um, I also want to give a special uh, shout out to all of my friends over on the uh, Gayish uh, <laughs> Discord. Um, I love the people over at Gayish. Uh, Mike Johnson, who is a World of Warcraft player, has this amazing community of people who play all the time. We chat in a chat room. We have become very close. And even though I was never a big Alliance player, I actually am predominantly only playing Alliance with them. And it makes me feel really happy that I have people to play with again. I really miss the days where I was constantly surrounded by friends online, even though it's a digital uh, kind of medium. Uh, and uh, it's been really nice to, to to know them and to have that time. Several of them are close. So once COVID kind of lightens up, I can't wait to actually go and see them in real life. So Johnny's going to leave it here. Thank you all so much for listening. I know that I can ramble on about a topic for a long time. And you guys know how I am with World of Warcraft. But once we have this this second, uh, this third war done, um, I'm actually going to be doing very short little lore segments about World of Warcraft. I'm going to keep it short because I know that some of you, this is not your bag. Some of you love it. Some of you don't. I totally understand. Um, we have gone way over this episode, but I wanted to tell you about my Christmas. Um, I'm going to go take a nap because I'm not feeling super great. <laughs> um, I don't know what's going on. So uh, I will leave it here. Merry Christmas, everyone. Happy New Year's. I hope everyone had a wonderful holiday season. For those who aren't, uh, don't celebrate Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Happy Kwanzaa. All the holidays out there, darlings. Bye. Okay, with the program, me has no one is so rich as to throw away a friend. You know how. Well, thank you so much, Chi Chi. You are exactly right, my friends and darlings. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Donna Sugar Show. You can download these episodes anywhere you can find podcasts online. And darlings, I love to hear from you. So give me a call at 716-236-8599. Leave me a voicemail, me at DonnaSugars.com. Or find me online at Twitter and Instagram at DonnaSugars. And on Facebook at the Donna Sugar Show Facebook page. Or check me out online at ediblearrangements.com slash Christmas cookies. That's ediblearrangements.com. Uh, it's a great place. Um, I don't have any affiliation with them, but I really am lazy. I'm terrible at baking, and I love pineapple. And they will deliver it to my house, and I will eat it all. That's ediblearrangements.com. Kisses, darlings. Mwah. Bye. And if you enjoyed this background music, check it out on Audio Library on YouTube. Just search Friendship by Declan DP. This show is part of the Pride 48 Network. Find all the best shows under the rainbow at pride48.com.